You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, since 1952, Interstate Batteries has sold well over a hundred million batteries, but at the same time, these guys don't just sell batteries. They have a great product. They have great car batteries, but they also recycle a ton of batteries. So to me, that says that they care about the environment. They care about the back end just as much of as the front end. So it's a, a great company. And like I've said in almost every commercial, about interstate batteries. If you want to talk with a specialist about any kind of battery, feel free to stop into your local retail store and there's hundreds of thousands of them all over the United States, even in Alaska, right? So there is an interstate batteries probably pretty close to you in all 50 states and there's someone there that can help you out with all of your battery needs. Uh, It's a wholesome company. Right. And I, what I mean by that is it's Christian based. It has Christian values. So and you can go to their website and see that. Uh, and to me, whether you're Christian or not, the values is what's important. Right. I feel like when someone says things like that on their website, they're not going to rip you off. They're not looking out just for money. They're looking for your best interest. And uh, Interstate Batteries is, is one of those companies. And the longer that I work with interstate batteries, the more I get to know them and, and know that they're good people. And I say this all the time. I love working with good people. So if you want to find out more information, maybe some history, maybe some culture about interstate batteries, go visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. I'm going to, I pressed record, but we're not, we don't need this part. Go ahead and just tell me, uh, Give me a, a one-liner for your ironworks company. If I wanted to know what uh, your ironworks is, what would you say? Here at LM Iron Company, we make fabrication easy. If you can dream it, we can build it. Come to LM Iron, and you will get all the raw iron you need. <laughs> that should be your real voice. I want you to go through a whole day. <laughs> Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 46. Take a deep breath and reload. As all of us are now aware, the COVID-19 virus has struck our country hard. Communities are kept at a distance, work is either at home or on hold, and we have nothing but time on our hands. Feeling the stress, Nick connected with Joel Lickleader, owner of Reload Rub and Seasonings. Together, the two have put a positive spin on this whole event, giving thanks for the bounty in their freezers, talking turkey, and reminding ourselves to reload our friends and families during this time. 
Hope this episode helps lift your spirits and refocuses you to give thanks for what we still have. Well, hey, folks. Welcome back to uh, Huntivore here. Uh, even though we're social distancing, I figured we needed to, uh, to do some talking with some folks. So here we are on Skype. Uh, my guest tonight, he loves grilling and smoking meat so much, he turned it into a career. He is so Tennessee that it is not uncommon to find a gator in his pellet grill come college football time. Yet he is so sure of himself that posting pictures of him drinking White Claw is not a big thing. Allegedly. Folks, we are here tonight with uh, the CEO of Reload Rub and Seasonings, Joel. Joel, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with me this evening. What's up, man, dude? I'm so stoked to be back um, on the Hunt of War podcast, man. I, it's, uh, and that's a hell of an intro, my man. I like that. It got me all, it got me the gooseys. Good. I add, so I'm trying to add some hype to to everybody coming in. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun creative time. But yeah, you got to explain a little bit about uh, this white claw thing. As I'm searching around on the Reload site, I'm going over to uh, the Reload podcast, which we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, but there's a post from which episode? Episode 16, and you are in yeah. the background staring down. An orange is that? Is that the mango white claw that you're uh, guzzling there? It's a bunch of garbage, is what it is. <laughs> I tell you, man. So that was right around the time when like uh, white claws were um, like all the rage. You know, what I'm saying keto was really getting big, and people were doing their diets. My wife, you know, she's, she she likes them. Don't get me wrong. And uh, on the Reload podcast, none of us had ever tried them except for my wife. So <laughs> my buddy. Uh, Jeremy, he uh, he brought over some some white claws to let us all try them, and we we equated it to like, um, you know, bubbly water, and it was like the flavor was leaving you, like you just got this tiny little hint, and you were just like, I want some a little bit, a little bit more. I I see it, but it's across the room. I wish it would come over here and get my mouth. But no, man, it's uh, I could we we I can't do the white claws. Now I will say this, bro. Um, the, the natural ice, like a uh, little seltzer things. Oh, those, okay. things are, those things are money. Um, and the, the bud seltzers, those aren't, those aren't bad either. Now I'm not a seltzer guy. I'm a bourbon and beer guy, but you know, like my, my wife, she, she likes for me to try these things. And I tried both of those and I could slam those hot day out in the boat. Give me a bud seltzer or one of them natural ices and I'm good. And I feel better about it cause it's more it's more American. There you, know, you go. <laughs> and the White Claw. This uh, this summer, I had my choice of either a White Claw or this other pink uh, uh, can. So I picked that up, and I started drinking it. And it was, um, I think it was natural light as well, but it was with pink lemonade in it. It was one of those Natter Days. Those Ooh. things. Those things are very dangerous. Yeah, because found- they, they, they taste like, they don't. They don't taste like alcohol, man, but they're actually got flavor to them. Exactly. I could go to Poundtown on those. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel, we're uh, we're in a state. Here we are. You've got yourself a drink. I got myself a drink because honestly, we're not we're not going anywhere, uh, folks. Yes, if you if this is coming out later and that the uh, the lift has been lifted, uh, great. But currently, we are in ourselves of 
during some social distancing with this uh, coronavirus. Michigan is uh, is all all wigged out about it right now. Um, in fact, in Barry County, we just had our first case get issued out today. Uh, about nine miles town, just a uh, little bit west of us, and uh, yeah, that's that's scary how close that's getting. Yeah. It is in our back door. Um, Joel, what's the status yeah. down in Tennessee? Is it similar where it's starting to pop up in these smaller places, or is it pretty much contained and you guys are just kind of holding out for more info? You know, we've done a pretty good job. It's coming. You know, it, it's definitely going to, it's definitely starting. Um, you know, we went from uh, in Tennessee, you know, from 39 cases, and then in two days we were up to over 50. Um, here in the, you know, Nashville and the middle Tennessee area has got hit pretty hard. I'm over in East Tennessee in Knoxville area, volunteer, you know, area, go Vols, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but no, we have, uh, currently we have two, only two cases recorded in here in Knox County. Uh, we got over to the East of us in Sevierville, like the Gatlinburg area, that kind of stuff. We've got one case there. And uh, we got, they just today announced that somebody in the Sevierville prison, um, there's a case in there. So I don't know how they're going to navigate that jazz. I know out in California, I heard the day they were in LA, they're releasing, uh, um, they're releasing prisoners from the prison. Now this is the, not the dangerous one. This is like, you know, Hey, you smoke some weed or, you know, you, uh, you know, B and E or I don't know, you know, like the, the low risk guys that right. they're, they're, they're seeing, but it's gnarly, man, that you're actually to the point where we're releasing people from prison. And, but here in Tennessee, man, it, it's been, it's been weird. It's been different. Like people lost their minds. Um, when it first started going down, I mean, they just, I, I will say this kudos to my wife. She's a nurse and she got ahead of this thing when it first was going down we we flirt with prepping. We don't really we don't we don't do it, but we talk about doing it all the time. So we we kind of you know we we like it's like a we want to do it, but do we you know do we want to shell out that much cash for something that might not happen? You know what I mean? So when this started like coming in, she, I, kudos to her. Um, she like she went to the store and did, and she didn't even ask. She just got some stuff. She packed up and she'd get the good stuff. She got medication, children's medication. Um, you know, she grabbed some toilet paper. She didn't grab freaking crates of toilet paper. She grabbed enough, just enough for us, a, cu a couple of cases. And that was it. Um, paper towels, some canned goods, things like that. And I just came home and I, and I was a big naysayer, bro, about this in the beginning. Um, I, I thought this was a glorified, 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 <laughs> glorified flu, but no glorified flu. Um, and I didn't think that it was going to be, this was going to be much of anything. I really didn't. And, um, of course that's, as this has progressed, I've been, you know, drinking Enlightened. more Corona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on this, um, but it's, uh, you know, seeing all the fast food joints, like, uh, shut down, they're doing drive through, but you can't come in Our the banks won't let you in. It's drive through only. Um, it's been weird and going into stores and seeing empty shelves. That's like, man, I, you know, I'm 36 years old, I'll be 37 here at the end of April. And, my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this to see like this kind of pandemonium in a sense. And I'll say this, um, going back to kind of the prepper thing, uh, a while back, you know, my, uh, my uncle is a prepper. Like this guy, 
he's always on my ass about you need to get this, you need to get this and do this. I'm like, oh, come on. Does he got a bunker? He does not have a bunker. Dang not it. yet. Dang it. If he could afford it, he would have it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you that. Um, but so a while back, I went and bought like three thousand rounds of ammo. Um, this is way before any of this happened. Um, and um, you know, I got I bought three different calibers for my most my, the, the guns that I got. Well, when all this started going down and it started getting worse, and I started seeing how people were acting just over this virus, I started thinking to myself, my God, what if this does get worse? Or what if, like, something really bad happens? Because it was so up in the air. Everything still is up in the air. We don't know. We don't know how this thing's going to freaking do. Um, so I came downstairs, and I started, uh, you know, loading my magazines. Just, I, was like, I was going, man, I am not ready if if – SHIT went down and I needed to do anything. I couldn't do it. You know, I wasn't ready. So it's kind of got me in a mindset. I told my wife this, I would rather be, um, look stupid being prepared than look stupid, not being prepared. There you go. And, and I'll tell you this, man, the biggest peace of mind, and I know, you know, this, Biggest piece of mind load that's been taken off of me is knowing that I got three freezers sitting outside full of wild game and, and other food because I'm about being a hunter. You know what I'm saying? Amen. That has been the biggest piece of mind. They got people losing their, losing their marbles. Oh, and, and all the meat counters still did. I went to the grocery store today um, just to see what we could get. We needed some milk and some dog food and so I just was grabbing some fresh produce if they had it, you know, just, you know, stuff. And uh, um, the meat counters are just wiped. I mean, barren. You can't even get a bag of flour, man. It's gone. And uh, But knowing that I've got – I literally have probably six to seven months of food in my freezer. Come on, man. I mean, that's just – I thank God every day that my dad taught me how to hunt. Good deal. Hey, that is as much a testimonial right there. Just saying that, you know, as much as, yeah, I mean, there's there's an edge where, yeah, the idea of prepping is such a, you know what, I, I just want to be ready. Just like you said, hey, I if I look stupid, but I have supplies, I have, I don't need anything else. I am ready to go. That yeah. is much better than having, ah, I got, I got nothing for you. I, I need now from everybody. I need help. I love yeah. being in the situation on the flip side where I'm set and I'd love to help on the flip side to help mm-hmm. others rather than having to need the help. And that that's probably yeah, a yeah. pride thing on my side too. But just like you said, yeah, like I'm I just got a a wood stove down in my shop. That was <laughs> that's been one of my projects is put together the wood stove and nice. so it's been real nice and warm down there. I've been doing some house projects um in that heated space, but I realized like Oh shoot! I used all the rest of the firewood that I had cut last year, and because I got to a point where I was like, "Eh, good enough." You know, we didn't use that much before, and we've got a, a fireplace in the house, and that was really what I cut it for. Um, so that on the those days that we are home, we can have a fire in the fireplace and kind of cut back on the propane. So yeah, I, yeah, I was lazy. Ah, that's enough wood. Well, shoot. I'm now out of the wood, and so that's going to be, luckily, there's this uh, three-week window where I'm not heading to work, so I guess one of those days is going to be firewood cutting. Yeah, uh, schools in Michigan were shut down for three weeks. Um, They 
last Friday, they said, yeah, yeah, don't plan on coming until April 13th. So, yeah, it's four weeks. So it's literally a month off. And Wow. That's, so, well, that's a – I mean, I, I, I think that's good, man, especially for you guys that are, you know, tight quarters like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're doing the right thing. I mean, I think our country's doing the right thing. I think our, our president and I think the government has – I think at first – they were kind of pissing me off because I had this gut feeling um, that this was more than what was being led on. It was kind of like a weatherman's telling you, hey, there's a there's a, a Category 1 tropical storm heading your way. But really, he knows it's a Category 5, and you prepared for a 1, and you're going to get wrecked. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of how it felt. But, but, but as it progressed, man, they just jumped all over it. And, like, I think that we have really gotten in front of this thing. It's not over. This this thing's going to be a long haul for us. Um, but, man, I think it could have been a lot worse than what it is right now. Yes, exactly right. Um, yeah, the tough part, too, is even though we're, we're separated from school, my heart does go, like, yeah, I've got three kids that are mine. But yeah. basically, I don't – I mean, I have coworkers, but at the same time, my day-to-day is with my other 350 kids, as I refer to yeah, them. Yeah, dude. And that you're making an impact on. Exactly. And so knowing that, you know, I don't get to see them day to day. They don't get to see their friends day to day. They're they're a little bit scared. I even look I've got one in kindergarten right now and you know, he's asking about his, his teacher, he's asking about his kids. And luckily yeah. we've been pushing out um activities through our school. So like even though we don't have quote unquote homework or mm-hmm. things for them to do that have to be done, it's stuff that it's like Hey, remember when we did, you know, letters and numbers, and you were work or you were working on suffixes, or you were working on um, the th group. Here's uh, some worksheets, and so like our kindergarten teacher's been able to push those out. As the phys ed yeah. teacher, I'm doing like an activity here and there. Like the first time, it was like, hey, it's going to start raining here later. We got to get you guys outside. So I want you to go outside. I want you to invent a game. ESPN has all the games canceled. You need to come up with a new one for ESPN. Yeah, and so that's I'm, cool, dude. I'm excited to see because I told him, I said, email me what you guys come up with. And I'm waiting. I'm thinking I'm going to get a few coming in here um, later in the weekend. But I think once they get them written down, I'm excited to see what they come up with. But, yeah, getting in front of this and just kind of spreading people out, especially, you know, like with our with our schools. I love my kids. I love those kids. But, man, they don't know how to cough into their sleeve. I mean, no. hell, I was tying a shoe, and I got sneezed in the back of my head, and I was like, and that it, at that point, I knew that's when I died. That's when I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Take me to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, dude. So, like, I don't know how it is. I'm sure it's it's the same. You have the same cases up your way as well. But, you know, here in Tennessee, there's a lot of kids, um, you know, whether it's in my county or the county over, that the only meals they get are at school. And it's when they cancel school for this long, it's like you have to think about, like, are these kids going to get to eat? You know what I mean? And I, I applaud my community for doing this. Um, at first, uh, Sevierville, um, which is, you know, probably about, you know, 30, 45 minutes from Knoxville. Um, but that's where you go to Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, those big touristy areas. But they – um there were local restaurants around there. They said, we will feed the kids every day, you know, from uh, 10 to 12. 
you bring them in, we'll feed them breakfast or lunch, whichever one they want. And um, I mean, like stuff like that. That's that's the community stepping up. But as but our the Knoxville community and the Spearville community have now um, they have distribution centers they've put out. They said from the from now to the foreseeable future, um, you can come here and we will distribute food um, to your children. Amen. So they Amen. just pull up, drive through, they'll pass it out. So at least they're getting some food, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our, the, the way the way everybody's come together has been remarkable. Yeah, our district has jumped on that as well, and I know a lot of the neighboring districts and businesses. So I am. I heard it put this way that um, somebody was making a comment on that same issue of there are kids who don't eat at home, and the only food they get is from school. How did we get to this point? It's a shame that we've gotten there, and on. You know, I heard that statement, but I was like, let's flip that around and let's just be thankful and just, yeah, super thankful and grateful for a community that is coming together that sees the problem and knows that there's hurting families that are out there that food is scarce. And for us to be able to then provide and be able to do that as a community, we got restaurants we're doing, we have our, our districts that, um, food service is still putting together sack lunches that we have at least the forethought to think, whoa, whoa, we knew the schools were feeding, but now there's the void. Um, yeah. There's so many phrases that I've heard throughout these weeks and social media is, I mean, it, it is social media and I have seen a lot of stuff fire off on that, whether it be memes or just, co- or just comments written down. Um, but I know I'm going to step on a little bit on a on a soapbox here. Um, I don't think it's a revelation thing. I don't think that the Lord is coming down and He is looking for all of us to repent. Now, if you do need to repent, I'm sure that you can go ahead and do that. But you best get after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to have a wake up call for us to be and to take a step back and to be like, whoa we need to evaluate what is important here. We need to we need to, to really analyze what's going on, who and what has a need, not a want, but a need. And I think our first panic a little bit with people going in and clearing out the shelves, not the pre-preppers, you and your wife getting on top of that, that's a good thing, but that initial knee-jerk reaction to go into the stores and clean them out, that mm-hmm. was fear talking. And I think that was people yes. fearing, I'm going to have to change my lifestyle, and I don't want to do that. I'm comfortable. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. But as a result, we've cleaned out a lot of things. And I I don't want to say that this statement is going to happen, but how much waste of those resources is going to happen because of a knee-jerk reaction. Now, I'm not demonizing that somebody went out and bought a bunch of paper products or bought, you know, like 15 chickens from Tyson and then just ran out the store with them. But I hope that all gets used. I hope that all gets utilized as opposed to, ah, shoot, I I grabbed this and I didn't need it, but now I'm going to put it to waste. I guess my, my soapbox is being is that and this is one reason why I was really like, man, I got I got to talk to Joel. 
I got to get a hold of them because um, you've actually done some changes with you. You signed off the name Home Cooking Hunter and mm-hmm. really have stepped up and started your podcast with Reload uh, Rub and Seasonings, the Reload podcast. But when we last talked, like I was just heavily thinking about what you had said that Reload, yeah, it's your brand, but it's also what you're doing to the friends and family around you, to your community, that we have been given a time now whether you're whether you're in a situation like where I'm out for a month of going to work and I still have yet to really figure out what's going on with that pay stuff is that is it still happening am I going to be going to school yeah. in June it's there's anxiety that can happen right there um but there are also other people losing their jobs there are other people that are find themselves in scary situations where they're looking for shelter, they're looking for a place to stay, and to reload your life and to really look at what is the harvest, what is the good that has happened. And that's where my focus in on, you know what, yeah, it's a darn shame that hunger still happens and kids take the forefront of it. But amen that people have stepped up and are feeding children. You know, our yeah. our our health system is maxed, but at the same time, amen for the amount of nurses and doctors that are willing. They took that Hippocratic Oath and they take it seriously that they are yeah, here man. to heal and they're going to do their damnedest to be able to do that. And, you know, we have our first responders and I, I want to get out there and I want to help and I want to get my hands dirty because I want to reload into my community at the same time. I think the idea of, yeah, my hands are dirty. You better get back into quarantine. <laughs> I think I'm helping as much as I can by not being there. But, yeah, it's it's tough being on the sidelines. But explain yeah. a little bit on on your idea. I know I've touched a little bit on it and on my rant, but when you're reloading into someone's life, when you're reloading into your family, what are we talking about? So, man, you know, I'm going to touch on a few things here. I want to, I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer your question and then I'm going to circle back to some things you said, you know, so when we started Reload Rub and Seasoning, we started on a, on an act of faith, on a leap of faith, you know, on it's, you know, we have no investors in our company. Um, we are, you know, solely funded and, you know, me and my wife, I, I have my own company. She's a registered nurse. So we still had these these jobs that we were doing and for us to take those on along with having two kids, that's a big, it's a big task. Um, and so the biggest thing for us is we sat down and we prayed about it and I told my wife, you know, and, and we, we both agreed that God needed to be the forefront of this company and we couldn't think of a name of it, but the more I prayed about it and while I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch, but I'll never forget it. And we're, we had, we had names like dusty mustache and, and like fireside seasonings and things like that. And we're like, we, I just, we just couldn't uh, come up with a name. And then all of a sudden just reload just pegged in my head. And I said, reload. And she was like, reload. I said, reload rub and seasoning. And she looked at me and she's like, that's it. But, but the name was like, it was almost like God gave me the name because what we, this company is, we, yeah, we sell seasonings. We sell hats, we sell shirts. What we want to do with this company, we want to encompass that name reload. We want people to sit around the dinner table more and talk to their kids. We want people to sit down and, and look their wife in the eye and, and, and 
ask her how she's doing and, and communicate more, break bread together, fellowship. And when you sit down and you, and, and, and you talk to someone, you, and you interact, not the texting stuff. Hey, how you doing? No, when you really look at somebody and they see on your face that you give a crap, I mean, like that kind of, that kind of reloading into their spirit to know that someone gives, cares about what's wrong with me or cares about the triumphs of my life or the losses in my life. That's a big thing. And even on the flip side of that, brother, I mean, like we want people to find like, man, we get so caught up in the nine to fives. We get so caught up in, in like social media and all these things that, you know, the world throws at us, but there's so many things out there that can fill your spirit besides what the world has to offer you. You know, God's made this giant place for us, a giant playground for us to go out and fill our spirit up. And whether it's it's knitting a sweater or if it's climbing a mountain, figure out what it is that fills you up inside and makes you a better person and and, and make time for that. So there's, it's we try to encompass all of that. And, you know, with this whole thing that we're going through right now with this virus that's running rampant through our country and through the world, um, we're seeing the worst in people, and we're also seeing the best in people. And like we don't, you know, God says we will never know the time or place. There's not going to be uh, some big, you know, uh, countdown to when He comes to find us, you know. But there is things that are happening in this world that are coinciding with the Book of Revelation. You know, there's things happening, and you can't ignore that. You know, heck, there's a there's a daggum billion locusts running rampant in Africa right now. What's that about? You know, we got, you know, or anyway, I'm not saying I'm with you. I did not think this is the end of times by any means, but, but I do think that this is a time that I think things, when things like this happen, this is God giving us like a test and an, or an opportunity. And some people get bitter about this stuff. Some people look at this and they're like, you know, this is messed up. And if there is a God, why would he have all this happening? But you know what? I had a, there was a guy that, that came on the radio yesterday and I, and I'll, I, and he was talking about this. Countries all get out. Don't get me wrong. But he said, you know what? He goes, when I, when I gave my life to Christ, he told me, or I lost my friends. I lost family. I became homeless. And he goes, this is right after I got leave my life to Christ. He goes, but I kept telling myself, this is a test. This is him. Um, this is him, you know, uh, putting me through the journey I need to go on. And he kept, he said, but it's how we treat people through these times it's how we act through these times that 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 shows that gets us to the other side that that shows us what's going to happen to us through the other side if i come into this thing and i'm like looting and pillaging and i'm like f you i'm taking this my toilet paper sucker you know if i'm doing all that jazz and 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 i'm not being being uh merciful or humble about things that's going to come back to you you know what i mean Exactly. It's like, uh, so I mean, I think we we ha through these times we got to be those people that that look at our fellow man and go, I'm here for you too, brother. What do I got that you need? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter a flipping lick what happens throughout this whole thing. If your heart's in the right place, brother, there's a there's there's a place better than this waiting on you. Okay, and you got to keep that in mind. And I know it's scary. Like I like I was. I, the, the thought of something terrible happening to me 
and me leaving my kids breaks my heart. It really does. But at, at, at the end of the day, those aren't my kids. They're his. They're a gift and a blessing to me um, from him. You know, I'm his. My wife is his. Everything I got is his. And if we can all get wrapped that around that and say, you know, we're luck- I'm lucky to have this house. I'm lucky to have freezer full of meat. I'm lucky that um, I'm able to sit here and talk to you and, and, and do this. I'm lucky to have this glass of beautiful bourbon right here. Mm, you know yeah. I mean? Like there's, there's so many blessings that we have. And if we can just be happy and grateful for those. And, and, and when somebody else has got something, doesn't have something and we got it, we need to be willing to, to give it. And at the same time, let me retract a little bit. At the same time, I think you do have to look at yourself and and I think God gives us little signs, okay? And says, "Okay, here's what's coming. Don't be a dummy. Don't and not be prepared." You know what I mean? And and those kind of things. I mean, like so it's it's not all about like just let me just give all my crap away and 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 forego what my family needs or what I need. It's not all about that. There's some ebb and flow to this whole thing. Sorry, I hit my boom right there. But there's some ebb and flow to it, and you know, you've got to be able to to see that. And the only way you're going to see that, man, is if you give it to him and let him take care of it. God, I'm here. I got my stuff. You tell me what to do. You put it on my heart. If my heart and my gut tell me to do it, I'm going to follow it. Amen. Amen. Reverend Joel, <laughs> I was going to say, that's <laughs> awesome. That's not a soapbox. That's a pulpit right there. Hey-o. <laughs> But yeah, just adding on to that a little bit too, that it is, you know, in several places, not just one. They talks about the chaff from the wheat and there's talk of, you know, burning away the unneeded. And if you're feeling a little bit of that burn right now, it's it, it's a development. It's a character development of you. It's going to be a, is your heart in the right place? And you're going to feel that sting. Yeah. I mean, hell, I'm even feeling the sting right now. But at the same time from that, just as you said, my reaction from that is then going to you know that's going to then develop me as a person am i glorifying yeah. god in that in my actions despite the pain and am i still giving him the glory at the end of the day so yes you have hit the nail directly on the head sir thank you thank you brother and i'll say this too i'll say this too um on that same point you know for me i get about 3 hours when it comes to like the, during the week I get about three hours a night, sometimes less, depending on what we got to do with our seasoning company and uh, from when I get home from work uh, with my kids. And right now, so right now we're not in that that area where we are quarantining off and doing I Everybody's got to stay home. And me running a small business, you know, we have not been able to afford that luxury yet where we are doing that. Granted, we haven't had a quote unquote reason to just shut down yet. So I won't go into all the nuances of that, but what I'm getting at is this is a time for a lot of people that are home with their, with their wife and their kids or their husband um, or their roommates, whatever. This is a, a beautiful time for all of us to get to know each other better, to sit down and put more time into each other. 
there's so many things that I want to do with my kids. I wish that, that I, we could just quarantine off whatever. I get some federal funding and <laughs> I could go, you know, come home for a couple of weeks because, you know, there's things that I want to uh, that I want to do with my children and my wife that maybe we don't have to, haven't had time for yet. So it's a beautiful time to really dive into each other and not, you know, be binging on Netflix or something. You know, this is we can still go outside. You know, just because we're quarantined doesn't mean we can't go outside and, and do things like, you know, whether it's throwing a ball at your kid or teaching them to shoot a BB gun or, or how to start a fire. I don't know. <laughs> we're not trying to create pyros here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a it's a great time to do that. Let's get out. Let's get out there and let's let's fellowship, reload back into each other. And and I, I say this because there's a going through the norm of everyday life. So many times we get caught up in just the motions of it, and we don't we forget that like and I've you know like I can't I'm not gonna be I, I I've gone through the motions too and I've had to snap myself out like my my wife needs a date night my wife needs me to pay more attention to her my my son has been trying to get me to do X for a while and I've just been brushing him off we need those things are there and we, we go through all these, the, the mechanical motions of life and we need to get back into the point of pouring back into each other. And that's what I mean by getting to know each other better. Cause there's, I'm sure there's things that our kids would love to divulge to us, but they haven't because we're not, they're stuck in front of YouTube or an Xbox and we're out here, you know, watching them, whatever love is blind or whatever the hell everybody else is watching, you know, right now. So Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna I am taking over. I'm stopping right now. My bad. I'm sorry, man. No, it's good. Hey, when you get going, you just get going. Yeah, brother. So yes, that is all. I mean, amen. That yeah, there's good that's coming out of all of this. And you know, just to just to wrap that up with a bow is that we we've been given this gift. It it can be looked at in two ways. Like you said, it can be a stressor. It can be an ex. A, you know, an anxiety maker. Our life, our day to day has been altered because we cannot do what we've been doing for how many years Yeah. on the backside of us coming out of this. Let this not be a time where we're only relieved that we get to go back to work or they're only relieved because the paycheck has started again, but come out of this enriched and reloaded with the love from our family and us being able to reciprocate that, that we know them more. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's go. Hell yeah, man. Oh, That's good man. Stuff. Just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. I would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review uh, to go ahead and do that. It all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game more. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntivore, or Instagram, at Huntivore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? Or have some show topic ideas? Email us at Huntivore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. So, all right, 
let's uh, let's foreshadow this. I've got the crystal ball here, and in two weeks, everything goes back to normal. Or even if it, we just continue to social distance, we don't have to necessarily social distance away from wild turkeys. Am I right? You got that right, baby. Got gotcha. that right. So we are we're a couple more weeks out. I think we're a month from it opening up. I think it opens up in April here in Michigan. But uh, you guys down in Tennessee, you're two weeks out from chasing Thunderbirds. Yeah, April 4th is actually our opening day down here. And I'll tell you, dude, this is uh, the coronavirus has actually helped me in this aspect. So, um, you know, op- I've, I've never missed an opening day of turkey season. OK, um, since I became a turkey hunter and. We actually I wasn't I wasn't thinking at all, but it, I, I, we needed to do this regardless. We got invited to an event. Um, it was a private grand opening event for this cooker company that we've been involved with. It was going to be a great, you know, marketing thing for us and whatnot. But it was opening weekend of turkey season. And I'm like, I, I told my wife, I'm like, I, I don't know. And she's like, you, she's like, are you, this is a real conversation we're having. You're talking about missing this for, for some turkey, you know? And I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. We got to go do our reload jazz up in here. So it was going to be, it was, I, I was heartbroken though. I love turkey hunting and I got this brand new spot here in Tennessee. It's a little hundred acre spot, plum full of turkeys, bro. And, uh, so I, and I went and scouted it and everything. I'm all, I mean, I, I'm all ready to rock and roll. I got a house to stay in out there. I can stay in this house. I can get up. I mean, it, it's perfect. Um, now I can't go. Well, now that old uh, Mr. Corona has uh, come flying through here, they canceled the event. So now I'm back in, man. You get I to eat go. your turkey and take it with you. That is awesome. That's awesome. I'm so listen. I I am bummed about not going to to the event, but I'll tell you, dude, I'm stoked that I get to go turkey hunting. Man. Awesome. So and they'll they'll reschedule that. Am I right? Are they going to oh, reschedule that event? You'll be fine. Yeah, they'll reschedule it for sure. But I mean, it's just it's just. That's the Corona helped me out. <laughs> there, <laughs> <a little bit laughs> <like that. laughs> there must have been something in the, uh, yeah, the Chinese New Year that floated its way on over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the bird. You're the Corona bird. That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so anyway, going with, uh, with these turkeys, um, Easterns as well, um, on this little, little hundred acre plot, what's your, uh, What's your plan of attack? You just gonna be ground sitting? You gonna be in a blind archery shotgun? What are you What are you looking for on the, on uh, so, your first bird? So you know, I went up there, and this is actually um, my uncle's property, um, and I've I had never seen it, and it's it's a man, it's it is a steep hills. It was old like uh, pasture land, but super steep hills, and it's gotten super over you know overgrown so there's some sloughs in there and we know how turkey are they don't like to walk through tall stuff so this has actually helped me out that in fact is that get these really tall ridges that peak down into these these flat little grassy valleys that are only probably 50 60 yards wide you know in total um and so what i did i walked the entire property looking for roosting trees 
and, you know, you, and you can see all kinds of tree, roosting trees. You, you look at those long branches that are sticking out there, a wide open tree that doesn't have a lot of foliage or small branches on it and stuff. And you look down on the ground, you look for the scat. And uh, I walked that property like crazy and didn't see nothing, didn't see nothing. And finally, dude, I got to the other side of the property, and it's just freaking loaded. There is, there's turkey scat everywhere. So the good thing about this is I got two different um, plans of attack with this. I'm gonna, we're gonna set a blind up. Um, but the great part about this is, is you know, my buddy Lonnie, he's gonna come down from Kentucky. We hunt. That's one of our traditions. We always hunt together at least once during uh, Tennessee turkey season. And he, so we're, we're gonna get in the blind. I mean, like, I'm probably set up 60, 70 yards from a roosting tree. Um, so, and it's right around a little bend. So we're going to set up there. And, but the, the cool part about it is the way these fingers cut through this property, if I, if, if I know they're on the other side, it's not a big deal for us to double back and cut back up another finger to get that back in their faces. You know what I mean? And so moving around on this property is actually helpful because of how tall the hills are and the ridges, how thick the foliage is on it. it it's going to make me able to be more mobile in this process. So that's kind of my plan of attack. We're going to start in a, in a ground blind and, and then because we want to film filming is a big thing we're, we're trying to do with this. Every, we try to get a little piece together. And um, the one I did last year, Look, I've hunted, I've hunted turkey probably for only, I'm a rookie, man, like five or six years is what I've only hunted turkey. Um, my old man never did it. So I kind of just walked into it blind. And I had, everyone called me the Jakeinator because that's all I ever shot was daggum jakes. <laughs> and um, I shot my first Tom last year. And I'd had, shot, I'd had opportunities at Tom. I just screwed it up. You know what I mean? You know how that goes. Oh, you know? yeah. Turkey's a finicky, you know what? And uh, so I, I shot my first tom last year, and we filmed the whole thing. And you would have thought I shot a 160-inch freaking buck, man. I was shaking. I was hyperventilating. I was starting to cry a little bit. I mean, it was it was a moment I'll never forget. Don't get you know. And for some people, like, bro, we're a damn turkey, really, bro. <laughs> but I did. I I built it up so much in my freaking mind. Um that I, that I, uh, it just, it all came out. You know what I mean? I got sick of the Jakeinator title. I'll tell you that, gotcha. which I don't care. I'll shoot a Jake all day for me, man. On a, a hunt is like this. It's how it tickles my fancy. If, it, if that bird or that deer or whatever comes out there and they put on a show for me and they get my adrenaline going, that's part of the hunt. You know what I mean? You it, it, it's about, it's about the experience you have out there. Not so much what you're putting on the wall. You know what I mean? Exactly. For me, that, that's how it is. I want to go out there and create memories, and that's a memory that I can have right there and get something to eat in the process. There you go. I think we're on the same same wavelength with this, is that there's opportunities. Like, I'm as much as, like, fall time is, like, the time to get out for deer, um, archery season, even though that's the, probably the – it takes more practice and discipline. It's easier with a shotgun – or I should say less difficult. I don't want to say easier. Less difficult with a shotgun – but because of time, I can't get out during gun season here in Michigan. I have to get out during archery. And a lot oh. of times for my hunts, it's, all right, we're on the clock. First thing that comes out is going down. Like, I can't wait. That's how I do. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for the big buck. I need 
whatever comes out to come out. Now, I get my two tags, and that's going to fill up what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be irresponsible with this, but that first doe that comes through, if she's sizable, oh, man, she's getting the arrow on that that's one. That's a nanny sandwich right there, brother. You betcha. And so I go along with your, your Jake-and-Ader title that it's, uh, you know, you guys scoff at that, but you're like, okay, okay, how much did I enjoy my Jake? immensely i enjoyed every bit of it whereas yeah the tommy on the wall how much how much care and effort did you put into that that tom or how much <laughs> had to go to the taxidermist because of bad night work so yeah exactly but you know dude like it's like this so i will say this i, I, I don't hate on on the trophy hunter aspect either because if i ever get a chance to go elk hunting like i want the bull I want a freaking full rack. I want to bow hunt it. I want it screaming in my face. I want the spit hitting my brow. You know, I want the fog coming out of its mouth. Like, I want that experience. I think there's something to be said for guys that have the ability and the time to, and the patience, guys and girls, to say, this is my target. (laughs) You want to say hi? Say hey, hi, hi. How you doing? Here, come on. walk right up here, bud. Oh, she can't oh, hear me. I oh, forgot. <laughs> she's she gone. Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, oh no. You were talking man, about I, yeah, I, like you get that opportunity that if you're gonna take the time to say I'm not just in pursuit of any elk now, I am in pursuit of the elk at this point. Yeah. yeah. So. But I mean, like, but I mean, like. Guys like me and you, you know, you're a teacher, man. You're, 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 you, you don't have the time. Not not saying you don't, but I mean, like, guys like me and you don't have a lot of time to really just go out there all summer and all, and I, and then, then, and, and the semester before that, start prepping and, and, and find that target buck and all that jazz. We need meat in the freezer. Which, dadgummit, I'm glad I do this because, hell, my freezer's full. Yeah. The corona ain't getting me. Cause I, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like there's there's get, there's there's give and take to that. And, and I respect people that go a whole entire season and they want to just shoot that one particular buck I re- or that or that big elk or whatever. But So I know if I ever go elk hunting, if I ever I get a bull tag one day, it's bucket list of mine, it's all or nothing. Like I want that experience, if I, and it, that's what it's about, and that's what it became about with me with turkey hunting too. I shot, I shot a lot of jakes. Um, they were super tasty. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted some spurs. I wanted a beard, and I just wanted it. I, it at that point, it was all or nothing. This, <laughs> the season before that, I actually have some videos that the season before that happened, um, before last. I told myself, I am not shooting a Jake. It's not happening. And it was like, it, we were in it one afternoon, shot a Jake. I just couldn't help it, man. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so no, man, like there's, that's, that's, that, that's, that's for me. And, uh, I do want another Tom. Um, and I think, uh, it just depends on, on what happens out there, what I'm going to do. Cause I actually only get to go turkey hunting twice this year. That's all I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get one uh, day during opening opening weekend, and then I got uh, th- three weeks later. I got one weekend to go turkey hunting. So 
And that Jake comes out there and he's dancing. He make it a little yeah. lead point. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is. It's a balance of time and effort. If you've got the ability to take the time during said season, then it's, yeah, you can then hold out and pursue that big animal. Yeah, I I would love to. And I do. I have that, I have that yeah. tag ready that when the big bruiser comes on walking, you betcha I'm going for that. If I have a choice between, yeah, the little spike or I have the big boy, I'll do everything I can to hold out for the big guy. But oh yeah, dude. Until I get that first, yeah. It, until I get that first doe on the ground, that's what that the challenge is. Is that first week? Yeah. If I can get one in, bam, that lifts the yoke off the shoulders, and we can get to work. Um, in fact, I got a wicked story this year. Is I first part of October, I'm out there hunting, and I get called back. Wife's like, I need you out of the stand. I need you back home. I'm like, shoot. Oh, wow. This is the time. Like, I, I don't want to get down. And it, you've got that choice again. You know, here's your character building right here. Is It's like, I could have just, <laughs> whoops, dropped the phone. I can't respond. Didn't get that. No, I'm going to get down. So I climb down the climber. I set the bow on the ground. I set my bag on the bow. I'm taking off the climber. And I... I hear rustling, and I whip around, and I look. I'm crouched against a tree, and sure enough, there's the big eight that I've had on camera, and here he is standing there 15 yards, and it's dark no. enough that being crouched to the ground, he couldn't pick me out. The wind was right, so he couldn't figure out what I was or who I was or anything, but I'm crouched, yeah. and I'm like, oh, no. Now what? I'm squatting here. I'm just in reach of my uh, cam, so I grab the cam of my bow, and I start to slowly slide it toward me, but my pack is on top of the bow. I can't pick it up. No! He diddle farts around, and he just kind of walks away, and I'm like, oh, like, at least I didn't spook him. He he didn't pick up on, on where I was at, and I was feeling bummed about it. I waited two minutes, and I thought, okay, I'm ready to go. I stand up 60 yards away. I hear him blowing, taking off. I'm like, no. Ah, I threw the climber. It's just I was so mad. Get back to the house, and I get back to the house, and she gives me like, uh, hey, thanks for getting back quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Like, I'm glad I'm I'm glad that I was able to fill what you needed at this point. At the same time, oh, it just wrenched me. Are you kidding me? My parents own a turkey farm. Yeah. So November is just shut down. That yeah, you know, that's when our gun season is and I, I gotta be working at the farm. I can't be running out in the woods um uh-huh. during those those couple weeks. Anyway, we I jump on the gator to ride to drive to the farm in the morning. And I'm driving along the edge of the field, and at this point, it's full-on rut. And here's a doe crouched down in some long grass, and there's that big eight standing right next to her. It's like 9 in the morning, right there in a cut cornfield. Like, all I need was, the I just needed the bow or the gun in the back of the gator. Why didn't I put it in the gator? But he's just standing there. Oh, no, it wasn't in there? No, no, I'm just driving along. I could have thrown my phone. Two oh, times man. that I've seen this guy, nothing I can do about it. Dude, you I'm telling you, man, you uh you got 
I need to know. I need to know why your wife needed you home <laughs> 20 minutes early. I don't want to let you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was it was for volleyball. <laughs> she had no! she had to go to volleyball. <laughs> I'm mad at her. I'm sure she's a wonderful woman, but I'm mad at her. And this is this is part of that character building is that we're not going to hold on to this. We're going to use it as a funny story, but we're not going to hold on to this. I'm mad. Ruin my my day. <laughs> All right. So kidding. here's okay. So if I'm now going to bring the story back around, I did go and get some sheds with my boys, and one of yeah. those sheds happens to be the big eight. So as of right now, my knowledge is he's still around. So maybe he gets to be an even bigger eight. But yeah, I've now got history with this buck, and so I I get the trophy hunters. If I could just commit a whole month yeah. to going after them, oh, I would. But I, I've i got some priorities. I've got some goals that, yeah, antlers on the wall are not my goals, but putting, like you said, meat in the freezer, having that there, that's my goal, and I've got a limited Damn, amount of time. Good, oh, yeah. Putting them up there, it will feel amazing, but we gotta we got to get there the right way. It'll happen, brother. It'll happen. I'll tell you, man, what's, uh, things have changed for me. Um, you know, the property I have, excuse me, the property I have in West Tennessee, we got about a thousand acres that we lease out in West Tennessee. And, uh, it's a soybean farm and a corn farm biannually. So it's, uh, it's got a lot of, we got, we got good deer on there. Okay. But, CWD has creeped in mm-hmm. to that county and the surrounding counties around it. So it's uh it's kind of hit hard. It was, we had a really great year this year as far as seeing deer. But um from the research I've done and everything, um and from what I've I've listened to doctors who talk about infectious diseases and like, you know, leading and doctors in that area, scientists, biologists, that kind of stuff. You know, um, so mad cow disease, um, they all said it couldn't go to humans. Well, it it mutated, it learned, and it could now transfer to humans, okay? Well, with that, the CWD is basically the exact same thing as mad cow disease, but for deer. Now, we don't know if that, what, it can happen. So I told my wife, I've got a spot here in East Tennessee. That's my meat. That's my meat freeze. My my meat counter. That's where I go and I can just stack them up. I took my son there a few times this year, um, and out there is going to be trophy hunting. So that's that's kind of my 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 uh, give and take there. When I go out west, the West Tennessee, uh, we got some big bucks out there. They're smart, but I'm gonna I'm gonna trophy hunt out there and over here i'm not eating another cwd deer it's just not worth it to me right you know have I mean? they have they jumped on the uh the testing i know in michigan this past year we had like a head drop off or if you were wanting to do a mount you would just take um the head to your taxidermist there was a node that they could take out the nose is the testing being done down oh, there in tennessee they jumped all over it there was there was as soon as the first case um, happened. I mean, they freaking quarantined that jazz. I mean, like, so there's only like five to six counties. 
around there that they tried to quarantine it in. Um, they got a $10 million incinerator they brought down there. Um, and they was it was mandatory. You could not bring a deer outside of the county with the bones and the hide and all that still. It had to be completely deboned, and everything had to be tested. Um, so we would go by a check-in station. They would cut the glands out of the neck, and they'd send them off. The, the, the kicker with that is this. CWD, uh, chronic wasting disease, is a prion. Now, prions, dude, cannot be destroyed. Um, they've, they've, they, they, with the mad cow disease, they put them in the enclaves, the things they sterilize their instruments with. Um, they you try to boil them at 1,000 degrees. Um, no, they, they're still there. The thing is, is these things, so you, you're not getting rid of it. Right. Correct. And what's got me not wanting to eat venison over there anymore is the fact that if I kill a deer, yeah, I get it tested and they send it off. Well, I don't hear it's such a, an, an influx of people getting tests. I don't hear back for two or three weeks. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So then if I, if I butcher this deer, cause I butcher everything myself. And even if the, if the, if a butcher was to go do it. Okay. <laughs> If it comes back positive, my gear is infected with prions. I might as well throw that jazz away because I'm going to keep white, everything I cut. It's going to get CWD on it. Now, they say it's not infectious to humans, but, I mean, come on, man. Do I really want to be eating that jazz? Right. I mean, seriously. Right. So my thing is this. Until they um, – I've, I've heard some people that are really close to having a field test kit where you can go out, you shoot the deer, you do whatever you got to do, and, it, and you find out right then. If that deer has CWD and at that moment you can dispose of the deer carcass, you know, send off the sample and all that jazz. So that's what I'm looking When they come out with a field test kit, I'll start eating deer. I'll start shooting deer in West Tennessee <laughs> again that I'll start shooting my nays. You know what I'm saying? You betcha. Uh, awesome. But, um, I, I will refer you to an episode. Um, shoot. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, but he was out of a disease plant or a disease lab in or, uh, Montana and wrote a whole paper on not because you can't kill this, the CWD, you can't kill the prion. Um, but through their work, they have found a way to deactivate the prion. You can't get rid of it, but you can save the implements that you use because you butcher your animals, as do I. And yeah. through using a non-porous surface and stainless steel, you give it a bath in bleach, 50% bleach. It's a, a half and half of uh -huh. bleach and water for five minutes. It doesn't kill the prion, but it mutates it enough chemically that it cannot mutate or it cannot infect healthy uh tissue so you you clean up your your stuff it's got it's got to be all cleaned up you can't have just bits and and like blood and and stuff on there it won't sure. work that way but slope it off slope it off have it basically clean then do your bleach bath if you're using a stainless steel table or a like a marble table spray that down with a foam a foamer of the same half bleach, half water, yeah. and let that set for five minutes. Now, the bleach is, is caustic, so the longer you let that set, it's going to then damage your stuff. So if you're using a sentimental knife, um, yeah, it, it'll damage it 
if it's longer than the five. I mean, you got to watch it. You're not going to walk a walk gotcha. uh, yeah. far back enough it, though it that you're not huffing sense. the bleach fumes because then you're you're harming yourself. <laughs> Bryant's can't do what bleach will do to you. <laughs> um, but it'll deactivate it so that in case you ingest one of these prions, it will just remain there, but it will not infect healthy tissue that's around there. That was, I did a, a podcast with him, oof, it, I think it was in October that I did that, and that was some super exciting stuff. Not that it's going to go away, not in the disease transmission, but at the same time of we can continue to butcher animals. We can continue to... That is amazing news. Get an animal that, you know, I can then butcher it. I can send that test in. My my plan of attack is, is now knowing this, I take care of that animal and I disinfect everything. The stuff that I've used now, like disposables, like all, all like rags or whatever, or like paper towels, like all those are going to get tied up and like that's all, all getting ready to get pitched. Um, yeah. But having all that off to the side, I box up that meat into its own box. So once I've so bagged you know. it, boxed it, that is that said deer. And when I get the thumbs up, sweet, we can open that up. It's Christmas morning. There's the tenderloins right on top. If I get yeah, the thumbs but... down, it's it's not a big trying to, like, find out those pieces, which ones did I label, which ones didn't I label. I throw the box, and we start over from square one. So I'll, I'll, sh- I'll forward that to you, but that's a great source um, that's been proven scientifically. It's not a, it's not a hearsay. It's not a, um, you know, like, a, oh, I wish this could happen. Like, no, no, they've figured that out. Do you know, like, do you know what kind of, like, just like angst you have taken off of me? <laughs> like, this is great freaking news, man. I'm not kidding. Where I hunt in West Tennessee, I can shoot three does a day. I used to grocery shop down there. It's like it was like I could in, in three weekends I could have nine deer in my dang freezer if I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and I, and that was taken away from me. <laughs> I was very <laughs> upset. And uh, I'm telling you, man, like that's that's amazing news. Uh, if you could send me the article on that when we get off here and tell me the episode number of that. Do you know it now? The episode number? Uh, let's see. I am on some slow internet here, but um, actually, you know what? I have it all. Let me go to my my hard drive here. But it it was an amazing discussion that I had. I mean, the guy is a you know definitely uh, really smart doctor. Um, he started going off oh. on some some terms that yeah, I, I was I was drooling. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> you, you lost me. You know, I thought I was pretty good. I got a, I got a minor in biology, but yeah, all of a sudden he took a turn, and I just could not keep up. Uh, Atta boy, that's what I'm talking about. I because it did. It came across, I want to say, a social media thing as a quick blip, and I, I looked at it and was like, all right, whatever. But then there's the study. I'll, I'll, I believe in my show notes of that. I do have the study. Um, and then I've also got the write-up that I found, so I'll send those both to you. Yeah, Doctor Doctor Brent Race, and that is episode thirty-five. So yeah, on the Huntivore episode thirty-five, bleach and CWD. Go Dude, ahead and look that I'm up if to... uh, if you want some reassurance. I'm gonna listen to the episode. 
I'm going to read that article 100%. I'm going to send it off to my people, and I'm going to spread this to the masses. You don't know what this is, man. <laughs> people are like, people won't eat these deer, you know, because of this fact. But if, if I can, if I can, if I can clean my equipment, you know what I'm saying? Yes. If I know that my knives and my my grinder and all that jazz can be deactivated, dude, this has been this is. I mean, this is euphoric yeah. right here. Now, he did say, like, careful on the grinders and stuff. I would probably freeze it, okay. hold off on, like, either the, yeah, hold off on the grinder and making sausage and stuff, but just as far as bone it out, get it in a box, freeze Perfect. that, and basically just have that, again, quarantined off to the side. Yeah. When you get the thumbs up, oh, yeah, open that sucker up. You've already got your grind ready to go. You need your grind cold anyway. There it is, just unfrozen. Pour that in, add your fat. Woo, you're off to the yeah, races. Yeah, brother, do you know how many delectable nanes I passed out because of this stupid chronic wasting disease? I mean, I watched them. They were, they were, they were, they were fat. They looked delicious. They were eating all the good stuff, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to shoot you because you know. And they you know, know it too. I think they figured yeah. that out. They're wagging tails <laughs> at you. Yeah, they're just they're flaunting. Like, <laughs> when you let an arrow go this year, it's going to blow their minds. <laughs> they're like, Hey, you ain't shooting me. <laughs> shoot, man. Heck, bro. Uh, I, I want. I want to pass this information along to my hunting club. So there's only seven of it. This is a beautiful thing. Is we have seven guys, a thousand acres, and I want to pass this information along to them because there's a lot of us that haven't been, that weren't shooting deer because of this, and and I'll say this in, in going back to the beginning of our conversation, if if this is make or break, you know, like for this time that we're in, I'm lucky that I was able to harvest deer here locally. You know, I mean, to fill my freezer up and whatnot. And I, I had a bunch of, I had leftovers and that kind of things. Because since we started the reload company, we've been buying a lot more domestic. Oh, I imagine. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, for, for social media purposes and for testing R&D purposes, that kind of stuff. And so, we got a lot of meat, man. So, we're we're good. But I tell you, dude, the, um, ah, you don't know what you have done. My, my wife's going to be super stoked. She will not eat buck meat. I don't care if it's a spike, if it's anywhere close to pre-rut or rut. She has the most amazing palate. Um, that's one reason why our, our seasonings are so great. Um, she can really pick out the nuances of things. And I'm telling you, I, me and my boys, we can eat a buck all day. I'll season that jazz up and they'll, mm, 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 you know, it's good. Right. Uh, but, but she goes, can't eat it. She won't, she won't eat do it. it. Dude, uh, yeah, she will not eat it. She made me two years ago, she made me give a deer away because it was a buck. She goes, don't bring that to this house. <laughs> it will not get ate, and I will not I will not thaw it out. And uh, so, I mean, like, it's uh, she wants those does. The does are not, they don't have that testosterone. They don't have that hormone that's being pushed through them that gives them that musky, you know, quote-unquote gamey flavor. Right. Um, she loves. She wants all. She wants is dough meat. So she, she's gonna be very happy when she hears this. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know, like, science was created by man, and then so it's it's the way that we understand the world. So I do know that like science is ever changing. There might be a post that comes on here, says, "Whoa, hold the phone. We can't do any of that." But 
what I've got. Disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer, <laughs> yeah. disclaimer. Um, but what I know, and not to say that I, I, I don't jump into hearsay. I don't jump into, well, I heard. No, no, I want some hard facts. And this is a study done by a group of scientists that they wrote this whole thing out, and then their conclusion was using this on non-porous surfaces and cutlery, you can save that. So with this with this information, this does make it possible for you for self for butchers and home processors to be able to do that. Um, to be able yeah. to butcher their stuff out. You gotta be smart with it. Because yeah, you run that through a grinder. Now you gotta get you gotta get bleach onto the vertical parts of your grinder for five minutes. That's that's gonna be a challenge. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll I'll say this. Yeah, you'd have to have a pretty big bucket to dump that stuff in. Um, and my experience in the wrought iron industry with porous surfaces is they – I see why they're saying that because there is – you don't know the void that's inside that and where it's going. Um, and they can really harbor some things. So we do powder coating on, on like uh, cast iron products. Cast iron is a very porous product. And so we have to actually take the cast iron, put it in our oven. We have this big, huge oven that we bake everything in for the, the powder to harden. And we actually gas out any, any – so we, we, we crank it up to four or 500 degrees. And we heat that material up, and any imper- oils or anything like that that's inside the cast iron, you know, it bubbles out to the surface. And then we bring it out, and we, we pressure wash it with a diesel pressure washer. Um, so that, hence that being said, stainless steel, you know, that's the perfect surface to, but to, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, you got CWD in your area, that's the perfect surface because there's, it's, it's smooth. You're not going to worry about any kind of grainage, like with a, like a wood butcher's table or, or like something with plastic or whatnot, you know, you can clean that off and, and be assured that it is sterilized. Yeah. So to speak. Isn't this funny that I if I get through this through this? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying it's funny that here the coronavirus got me thinking about reload, and now I'm talking to you about a different virus. And there's one (laughs) way to save about. There's just so many things around here, and yeah, now you're gonna get CWD. Well, yeah, Yeah. the two two year incubation period. I just got to run away from you for two years. (laughs) Well, you're in Michigan. I'll never make it that far, man. (laughs) <laughs> but no, dude. I mean, like, hey, man. This, I mean, this conversation has been fantastic. I mean, like, I've. It's good. It's good to, to talk about you know these the things that are happening currently, you know, and get that kind of stuff out there. Um, and I've I'm glad this conversation happened because if is I'm I'm gonna back check you. Don't get me wrong. Don't take offense to that. Oh I'm yeah, no, no. Check me out. I'm gonna read the article and then I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that just to be sure because if that's true, it's gonna it's gonna change my hunting world come September. It really is. I mean, like the fact that I can go out there and, and shoot as many deer as I want, and all I gotta do is bot, you know, segregate that jazz, do my prep on my butchering material, and oh man, it's gonna be so good. I've been hoarding venison. I'm not gonna kid. I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I've been hoarding venison because of this product. I mean, like you, you cannot get anything more pure and organic than the the meat you hunt. It's 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 the it's the primo stuff. 
So I've been hoarding that jazz, which is why we still have so much because, um, you know, I don't want to use it all up. <laughs> I want to wait for <laughs> special occasions or whatnot. Well, good but deal. Hey, hey, that's the thing too is September is always coming back around, so you always have that next chance. You know, come hell or high water, and heaven forbid, like something happened, but uh, you always have another chance to get out there. So yes. yeah, you, you use it. Don't don't let it die in the freezer via freezer burn i think that's worse than cwd or corona is just letting that get to yeah. a point where you can't cook it yeah you lose a flavor saver right there for sure but i will say this dude i mean like it's not just deer season yeah i think i, I think we should challenge hunters to get out there on there it would people get so in a pigeonholed and this is the kind of hunting i'm going to do and if I hadn't taken the the step myself to say, I'm going to, you know what, by myself, I'm going to be a turkey hunter. I had nobody to help me. Nobody in my whole realm knew Jack diddly squat about turkey hunting. But I took it upon myself to get out there and learn through all my mistakes. And I love it. I look forward to turkey hunting more than I do deer season. I really do. Like, it's just, it's just such a different animal. You know, <laughs> literally, but, <laughs> four legs to two legs, bird to mammal. But yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. Like yeah, the approach project. is completely different, and it's 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 fast, it's exciting. I can't say that I've done any of it. Um, growing up on a turkey farm, you know, people are like, "Oh, do you turkey hunt?" Like, yeah, I walk in the barn and grab one. It's not that exciting, but uh, yeah, it, man, I same, didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, this is not fun for you at all. <laughs> but at the same time, I. I've eaten turkey my entire life and I, I do, I love every bit of it from, from the neck. Um, yeah. from, in my big thing is, you know, another soapbox here, I'm going to step on it is the leg quarters. Get How many leg quarters go to waste, not just on turkey, but like waterfowl, ducks, pheasants, geese, upland birds, all these beautiful, dark, rich meat that takes a little effort doesn't take a whole lot. It takes a little effort. Now that animal's old, you know, you get a, you get an old big Tom and it's, it's going to have to sit in that slow cooker eight to 10 yeah. hours. You're going to have to really get that pressure cooker going for a good two hours to really get or that help. to fall apart. But the velvet flavor that you're going to get out of that thigh or even getting to the point where that drumstick, where that meat just shreds up. I wouldn't like even that. bring barbecue Elf. sauce close to it. I would do one shake of the Magnum garlic, and that would probably be it. Squeeze on a little citrus. Mm, that's where it's at. You like the Magnum? Magnum's I, awesome, isn't it? I like the Magnum. Oh, I got a great story uh, from Deer Camp here about packing heat. Um, speaking of your <laughs> cast iron and getting it hot, you get it hot, and like you said, stuff bubbles over, or it, it comes out, and... We found the smoke point of the oil and butter that I was using because I, I was slicing up heart. We save the heart for our deer camp, and we actually don't hunt. It's the weekend right after Thanksgiving, and we get together, yeah. a bunch of our guys. We actually don't go hunt, but we we like, we like bring all the hearts. That's one thing that we, sure. we do, and we slice those up. I brought a smoked heart this year, um, so I had that off to the side with some mustard, and so guys were enjoying that. I threw on the, um, oh, your first seasoning. I forget the fully name loaded. Of it. Fully loaded. I had the fully yeah. loaded on some of them. 
and I'm getting that cast iron, and it's on my cook stove, which um, it really gets intense. It really gets hot because it wants to do things quick and fast. And so I've got yeah. it up kind of hot, and I put my cast iron on there, and it got to the smoke point where that sucker was just really ripping. Scrunching and I it. threw down the pack and heat, and I shook a little bit on there. So now there's some of that pepper that was just hanging out on that. Yeah, I see you shaking your head. And we <laughs> we fogged out that cabin. Everybody's <laughs> running out. We're all coughing, and everybody's like, why are my lungs burning? And it's because I got that sucker too hot. <laughs> Is that habanero, bro? Oh, man. Eyes are wide. Dude, it was like somebody f- threw a, a gas bomb in that thing. Because then I uh-huh. I, rem- I saw what happened. And so I luckily I turned it off. But it was yeah, it was a good 10 minutes before anybody could even go back in. It's too late. Dude, <laughs> like, we, we experienced that jazz with product <laughs> testing. So when me and my wife were creating Pack and Heat, we experienced that. I mean, because I was big into cast iron cooking at that point, and I was like, so I, I loved to cook everything in a cast iron. I loved the flavors it brought, you know, and been able to to, to to cook everything in its own juices and not that kind of jazz. And like, we, had, I remember one of the first, like, we we gradually stepped up with it because I kept, I I was stuck on the name Pack and Heat, and so. When we were trying it, we were doing it. We we cook it. We I'm like that doesn't pack heat. If I say it's packing heat, I want it to punch me in the face with spice, with, with hotness. You know what I'm saying? I want I want it to really get after it. And so when we finally got to the level. I was like I said, screw it. Here we go. We're doing this. You know, and and we did we we seasoned up some chicken, and we put it in the in in the cast iron, and we started going to town. And the next thing we know, man, like. My kids are coughing. I'm coughing. <laughs> my eyes are watering. Cause I just I, I'm I'm horribly messy with seasoning. I don't I season the counter more than I do the food. I'm just like <laughs> salt bay got nothing on me. Salt bay. You know what I mean? I mean I, I roll it off a body. Not, yeah. not the damn Not just elbow. off the forearm. <laughs> yeah. No. So but the uh it's uh I mean we, we were confident with eyes water. I'm like, I think this is it. This is where we're at, you know. But no, the the, the flavor was fantastic, but yeah, dude, like it will, it'll make, season your food first, then put it in the cast iron. Yes. Yes. That's it. And try There's... and don't get it. Don't get it screaming hot pack. And he could be your best friend or it could be your worst enemy. Yes. It's, it's we made enemies amb- that night. Well, they're also, yeah. some of these guys, you know, black pepper is too spicy for them. We are, we're, <laughs> we're up here in Yankeeville here in Michigan where, you know, we don't like too much pepper on our, sour cream and our our milk our dairy products we like our maple <laughs> syrup so you get anything over a hop or a, over a, a jalapeno and some guys can't take it now it's it's funny my my good buddy yeah he's a he's a redhead freckles and everything but yeah he loves heat and even the packing heat he's like did you bring the the good stuff like he he really likes that that's that packing cool, heat. That, that's cool man because you know with that with that thing there's a lot of products out there that bring the heat they really do but they don't bring the flavor with it and that's what i wanted to do that's what me and my wife we wanted to do we wanted to create a a seasoning that let's say let's say this let's say you're that kind of guy that's the jalapeno level that's it and you want to bring some good flavor you can season up whatever your protein is your soup your pasta season up however you want 
but if you want to bring that little bit of spice, you can take that and use it as an amplifier. Just dust it on just to give you a little bit of heat. You know, so it works in, in many different facets besides being a hardcore seasoning. I'll tell you this. I don't like to use pack and heat by itself. It's too much. I mean, like it, it, it's a, it, it's, it's too hot. So what I'll do, we have, um, we have an award-winning chicken wing. We won the big kahuna wing festival. We won a golden ticket to the worlds. Um, there's my youngest busted in here. <laughs> we won a golden ticket to the worlds by using my barbecue seasoning and using a little dusting of our pack and heat. No, sir. Go on. Anyways, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is you can, you can dust that stuff on there and you can amplify it and it can, it can turn a, 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 a dish to take it to that next level, man. That's awesome. I love how you just said that, that it's a, it's a pairing at that point. And I think a lot of people that they do, they, they get their, their seasoning and they're like, well, I, I have to stick with that because that's how I know how to season. But at the same time, no, no, you're, you're creating layers here. When I want to add heat, I don't have to add a punch in the face. I could take that, just like you said, dust it on at the end, and now I've brought a dish that I love, but you now you have that hint of capsaicin as opposed to a full-on uppercut. Yes. Where exactly. it is going to bring that tingle, and you're going to love it, and then it's going to mellow back out, and everybody's going to be loving your dish. So, no, that's a, that's a pro Bloody, tip right there. Amen. And Bloody Marys, I'm telling you what. You make a Bloody Mary with a little pack and heat inside of that, and then you you uh, garnish the rim with some double-action barbecue seasoning. Holy smokes. <laughs> Get ready. It's, it's go time. Well, I guess I don't have to work for three weeks. I guess I can jump on that right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> well, hey, Joel, we've been here for, I mean, man, we're, we're looking on the ticker. I'm saying hour and 20 minutes. This has just been awesome. It's flown by. Um, yes. I want to come to the crescendo here. Um, and I normally go with uh, a couple recipes from you. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask, what's your favorite thing to make? Since we were just talking about turkey, and you're two weeks out, and we're a month out, I know there's gonna be guys that are looking for, man, what am I gonna do with my bird? What's something that you love to make off either a domestic or your wild turkey? So one of the fa- one of my favorite things to do with turkey, um, besides slow cooking it and all that jazz is I like to get the the breast and I like to cutlet it out. I like to make it really thin and I'll take a tenderizing mallet and I'll pound that out and whatnot. And then I will season it with that our double action barbecue blend. And then I'll also put a little bit of Parmesan, fresh Parmesan cheese on top of that as well. And I'm sorry, back it up. You want to do a light dust of, so no oil, no, no, no egg, none of that jazz. Just take the wet, you know, chicken breast and flour it on both sides. Just dump it a little bit, little dusting of flour, then season it with the barbecue blend, a little Parmesan. And then I will cook that in a, in a butter bath, you know, just, just throw some sticks of butter, like a few, like a half a stick of butter in a cast iron pan or something. And I will cook that jazz on both sides until, you know, it's done. It's, it's only a quarter inch thick. Okay. And then I will 
Sorry, family. Busted. It's a whole parade back there. She's gathering it them is, all up. Man. It's like, like that CNN were, I mean, I <laughs> where that guy come, where the kid comes walking in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's dad life, bro. Corey, I tell you, man. Life. Come on. <laughs> but no, so we'll uh, so I do that. I make that. I pull those off. Um, I saute some onions, okay, and then just with some Worcestershire, you know, and some some garlic, that all that just. And I will make a, I'll take the double action seasoning, that's our barbecue blend, and I will mix that with some mayo. And you gotta do that, do that jazz to taste, because some people like it like super potent, and some people just like the more of a mayo taste. But I'll mix that to taste, and I'll put that on, um, on top of that, and it is just like. Son, I could yeah. I could eat fifteen of those things. I make little sliders out of them. And I just smash them. It's freaking so, so good. Oh man, a little like a little Hawaiian roll. You're talking just like the little. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Or even this, even like a sister Schubert roll, and you 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 put like uh you you butter it and put some garlic salt on top of the sister Schubert roll. And this is all like just like cheap stuff, dude. I mean, like it's easy stuff. This is quarantine food. Come on, man. <laughs> you know. But no, it's like it it, it makes it uh, it makes it uh, it's super easy and it's super tasty. And I, I, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna tiny soapbox. I want people to know that it's like food's not hard. Like they may sound hard, but it's not. Just get out there and freaking do it. Cook it, burn it, give it to the dog. Do it better next time. There you go. That's it. I talked to uh, Keita Roberts, and man, she mimics the same thing that you were just saying. That you know what? If like it, food is food is food, and if you screw it up, oh well. Yeah, you fed the dog for the night, or you just learn how overdone venison tastes like, or you finally learn what overdone turkey is going to taste like, so that you know next time. Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. Um, her favorite, or my one of my favorite quotes was her from, is like, you get to try out new barbecue sauces on overdone bits of meat. That's how you figure yeah, out what you it, like. <laughs> make it wet. Soggy it up. Exactly. Man. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing, like, like, guys like me and you that have been cooking for a hard minute, you know what I mean? We've been right there. We've, we've screwed up so much food, and people don't see that because we're posting our best stuff on social media. You know what I mean? Right. But... We've screwed up a lot of it. Heck, the other night, I was in a kitchen cooking my son and grilled cheese, you know. And then we decided we started talking about like you know like 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 defending yourself and that kind of stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you hold your fist like this, son. And the next thing I know, the grilled cheese is gone. <laughs> it is eviscerated and, and evaporated into the next skillet. I burnt the piss out of it. That's awesome. You know what? Oh, Here we no. go. I just on a whim, I'm going with it. We're going to throw out a challenge. i got to remember to write this down. Challenge is, is the next time you screw up big, you're going to post it. I'm going, to post, it. I'm going to post up my next big, what the heck am I doing? And I'm going to, I'm going to plate it like I would, but at the same time, it's, <laughs> going, it's going to be bad. It's going to be, yeah, completely screwed up. So the next time there's a big screw up, I'll make sure to tag you in it. We need to get uh, the wild-based, the wild-game-based guys on this. Jeremiah, you – that he used to yeah. be on your old uh, podcast there. We need to get him on uh-huh. that. They were just talking about on their podcast, um, the Wild Game based um, on food photography. How their like first like photos were like grainy and it, like just in a <laughs> like basically a a regular plate on his kitchen table. He took a picture of it and 
the only people that liked it was each other because they were friends with each other. So they got like one or two likes on, on their food. Man. There's an evolution to everything. You you go from like, you know, you got to start somewhere, man. And then you learn as you freaking go and just roll <laughs> with it. I mean, like, yeah, a 100 percent. You say the wild game based. Yeah. Wild game based is there's um, I'm going to check that out for show. Yeah. No, man, that guy, he's really, um, I love him. I, I had a podcast with him the one time, and, um, yeah, he was the one that told us, yeah, we Yankees up here in Michigan, we don't, we can't handle anything more than black pepper. And we had to laugh because it's like, <laughs> exactly. Because he was talking about different, like, Serrano peppers and all this stuff they have down there in yes. uh, Southern California. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of that before. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, dude, man, it's it's a food can be a, a a fun adventure for for anybody, and sometimes it's like you learn really quick. This ain't my stick, and 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 sometimes you learn a lot really quick that this is the stuff that I like. But I mean, like that's that's the fun of it. Is you you try all this stuff. That's what I tell my kids, man. I tell my kids all the time, like, just try it. You try it. You don't like it. You spit it in that trash but you're going to try everything we make. And they do, man. And now my kid's going, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sensing a, a little bit of a heat and it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little, a little, uh, salty, you know, he's, um, now my oldest is breaking is my food critic now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> get out of here, man. You know, you wouldn't try this a week ago. Now you're telling me how to do it better. Right. <laughs> I tell you kids, they don't hold back. Um, my, my oldest, I was doing an Instagram story and I'm like, you like venison, don't you? And he gives me like the head, head, like the, no, I don't like it. And it was like, oh shoot, how do I roll with this? And I'm like, well, what, oh, what no. do you like? And he was, we had had a bluegill fry like the week previous. And he's like, I love bluegill. So I was like, oh good. At least I had something to fall back on that. I wasn't like, shoot, That's my right. old kid That's doesn't right. even like to, to get the stuff from from the woods or the lakes but no he's a he's a fish fanatic i think that's going to be our connection there he yeah he can give or take venison and you know you can make a nugget out of anything and that's uh that's usually how i get him to have uh venison but man you give him fried perch or fried bluegill he'll he'll soak that stuff up i'm gonna give you some i'm gonna give you a, a tip that's what i do with my kids we call them steak bites and we take venison and we chop it up small we season it with that. I, I I've referenced our double action seasoning, the barbecue seasoning, a lot because it's it's not spicy, and it's more smoky and sweet. And we put uh, we cook it in a butter bath like that, hot and fast. And then we put toothpicks. We give them a toothpick, and they can pick it like that. Ooh, and yeah. I, and and they they love it. They love it. Uh, um, I'm not saying that he will, but something to try in case he does. And if you don't have any double action, let me know, brother. I'll, I'll get some heading your way. Because that's a, it was a game changer for me. That I chopped that venison up, and then you know they're like, mm, "Steak bites." Hey. There you go. Just <laughs> added the toothpick. I think that's going to be like something fun. That was that was a ticket. That was a ticket. Now I just have to again social distancing because they're going to want to poke each other with the sticks after that. <laughs> well, Joel, this has been awesome. Um, where can where can my listeners go ahead? I know we've done it once before, but uh, where can we find Reload? Where can we find you on uh, social media? So guys, you can you can find me personally um, on Instagram uh, at uh, that reload life. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at the same place. 
Um, you can find go to my website. It's uh, www.reloadrub.com, and you can get all of this stuff that we've been talking about on here. Um, you get some swag and you get some really great seasonings. That, um, all of them are low sodium, sugar free, uh, gluten free. The um, you know our double action seasoning is a little sweet, but doesn't have enough. Su- it has it has sugar in it, but not enough to constitute a gram. Now, I will say this. Our steak and chop blend, the Magnum, it is not low sodium. It's just above it. But I'll tell you what. We're not out here to save lives with this jazz. <laughs> we're out here to make food taste good. And, th- and, th- and that's what you need with a big, heavy cut. So head over there and check it out. And also, guys, if you want a amazing laugh, um, you want to hear about some good food, if you want to you know, have something that's second to the Hunt of War podcast, you can check out that reload podcast and uh, we have a good time on there. We teach you how to, to cook some good food and have a good time. Oh, don't say it's second. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, Joel, hold on for just a second. I'm going to send our folks out folks. It has been a great discussion. Um, you know, we're, we're being hit with hard times. We're being hit with, with times of anxiety and times of worry and uh, just concern for the future. But, what we've been able to do is hopefully just portrayed that not all is lost, that our faith is in something larger and that we can continue to not worry solely about ourselves, but we can look onto others. How can we help and how can we make this world a better place? And again, look at the harvest that we've been able to have, not just food wise, but just the amazing things that we've been gifted and entrusted with. So folks, as you go on, Make sure you're reloading your life. And always, keep your knives sharp.